Hey, I'm Rita. And I'm Lee. And welcome to the Me For Her podcast. We are two gay girls living polar opposite lives on different sides of the country. Here to talk shit and share with you our experiences between 20 and 30. Hello and welcome back to the Me For Her pod. I have got a special guest with us tonight and I'm so excited. Uh, Ellie's actually been requested by a couple of people to come on and be a guest. Um, So we finally got her on. Now that she's in lockdown, she's not as busy anymore. Um, Most of you would know her as Western Bulldogs women's AFLW captain and All-Australian footballer and just a legend. Uh, So welcome, Ellie. Thank you for being on. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. Lovely intro too. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Again, I like to win these things. <laughs> how are you? How are you going? How's life? How's, yeah, obviously you're in lockdown, but um, how are you going besides that? Yeah, it's good. I mean, obviously it is tough with lockdown and I'm a, I'm a real person that loves connection and loves seeing people and loves being around people. So um, having that taken away from you has been probably really challenging. But aside from that, I've been able to keep working, keep training um, for footy stuff and been able to kind of do different things here and there. So I feel like I'm in probably more of a fortunate position out of all the people in Victoria when it comes to the lockdown. So no, I'm tracking all right, which is nice. Your sister has a son, right? How's she going in lockdown? Yeah, good. She's um, from the vast majority of it. She was going into the office and working from the office, but in this latest lockdown, um, she's working from home. And so it's school holidays at the moment. And he is just an absolute menace of a child. I I love him (laughs) dearly, purely because he's such a menace. Um, It's great value. Um, hearing the stories and stuff like that, that she comes back with him. So um, oh, it's funny. You've got to feel it's for funny. parents in lockdown, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And they're at home with children that need need to be outside. Yes, yes. So it's been a battle for her um, and many parents, I believe, statewide. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of family, tell us a little about you, a little bit about your childhood um, and who's important to you in your life. Yeah, so um, pretty fortunate. I got mum and dad um, at home, and and they've been great, super supportive of me in my entire life. Not just sort of on a football basis, but just life in general. And we have a, I guess, a really solid relationship between us. I've got my brother and sister. My brother's up in New South Wales, Queensland, some part of the world, um, working and all that. And then I've got my sister, obviously who's here with us and we're super close and um, I think we miss hanging out a fair bit even though we probably drive each other insane. And then, um, yeah, just sort of growing up, it's it's been we're a big footy household. Um, as you can imagine, you know, Dad played, Mum played I think a season um, in like the I, – I know this is terrible but back in the day I think they called it like the midgets or something like that in the under nines, which is so bad. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> you got away with it back then, though, didn't you? Oh, okay. I, absolutely, absolutely. So she, I think she had a season there, and and I think she sucked. I think like all the stories I've heard was that she just sucked so badly. So <laughs> bless her, cotton socks. Um, and then yeah, my brother and sister I, I have both played footy. My brother doesn't play anymore, but my sister actually does. So. Um, it's pretty incredible for her to have been playing footy. Like, obviously, she's had a baby 
And then she's done her ACL as well um, and she's come back and started playing footy off the back of that stuff. So, I mean, incredible, absolutely incredible um, in that regards as well. So you all grew up sort of with a footy in the backyard, just it was a part of life, was it? Pretty much. Um, Footy in winter and then out with a cricket bat in summer. But mind you, like I think cricket ended up being a lot worse for our family just the tantrums if you went out was horrific and I was probably the worst of it I was the main culprit I would throw the bat I'd crack it I'd run inside be like stuff you all I'm not playing anymore and just lose it and mum would just be like oh here we go again kind of thing with it all (laughs) it's kind of like it's like when you play uno uno's not a family fun game no no not at all (laughs) uno's terrible (laughs) Most board games uh, and games like that are terrible, especially for competitive it, people. So we're uh, very competitive. My my family's exactly the same and it's just it ruins relationships. You just can't come back from it for like a few weeks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so is that just how you started playing footy, just out in the back with siblings, mum and dad? What was that, sorry? Is that how you started playing footy, just just in the backyard, just picking it up? Yeah, pretty much. Um yeah, it was a lot of sort of kicking out the front with mum and dad and, and brother and sister and and being around footy. Actually, um, they started doing Oz Kick, my brother and sister, and being the youngest, I was like, of course, I have to copy what they're doing. Um, <laughs> so I so I joined in Oz Kick from there. But my nana, who's um, just recently passed, actually, she was a, a life member with St Kilda. And, um, I saw that. Yeah, and, and, and she was just a big football person, like everyone sort of known her for – her passion and loyalty for the Saints, um, and I got a lot of that from her. So I used to go to the footy every week with her, um, and that was that was incredible. That that showed me sort of strength through loyalty, um, and that's something I kind of incorporate a lot in my football now. And yeah, I think a lot of passion grew from from family through football, which is amazing to have. And um, yeah, I'm very fortunate in that position. Do you think if your grandmother could say anything now, it would be um, telling you to jump ship? Well, funnily enough, like because obviously St Kilda have had a team um, for the last couple of seasons now, and it, when they did come in, she she did she did ask me. She was like, "So, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to have the have your team given you another contract yet, or do you reckon you might go across? Do you reckon they'll trade you across or something like that?" I was like, "No, nah, <laughs> I think I'll stay." I'm the captain. <laughs> <laughs> so. All signs are leading to me staying at the dogs, so I'll stay there. Um, though I think part of it would have loved for me to have gone and, and played for the Saints, but I hate to say it, I, I don't think I'll ever play for them. I mean, I, I know I won't, so I'll definitely uh, stay at the dogs. <laughs> don't want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not out start any rumours. <laughs> no. Um, and you saved her life at a football game, hey? That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, it was oh. – such a, a whirlwind experience and a lot of it sort of I don't know I, I feel like I've almost blocked out a lot of what actually happened but yeah after a game of footy um, coincidentally it was between St Kilda and Bulldogs back in 2003 and our current coach Nathan Burke he was playing in the game and I think Saints won in a real nail-biter kind of game um, and then after the game she went to the toilets and we were kind of standing there for, for quite some time and the crowd just left. There was no crowd um, anymore in the stadium and she was still in the toilet. And I was out the front 
um, of the toilet with Georgie Day, who still works at the Saints, who is Nana's best friend. She's, I think she's 81 or 82 or something like that. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, oh, we should probably go in and have a look and see if she's in there. And I went in there and she kind of somewhat yelled out to me, Nana, and I climbed under the cubicles of the toilets and had to get her out. And she almost like walked out and like bounced off the walls. It was really bizarre. Um, what actually happened and then it kind of just got her into the corner and um, we ended up getting ambulance and then um, back then it was her phone, lucky the the Nokia 3310 I think it was, the brick phone that she had, um, had to call <laughs> all the family and get everyone to the hospital. She had 11 kids so the hospital was pretty packed after that. But, yeah, she ended up having a stroke and um, we got her to the hospital and, yeah, live to tell the tale and, you know, live for, what, another 17, 18 years, 18 years, so, um, which was incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. See, look, obviously the game was a stressful game. Yeah, and, extremely stressful. Yeah. Well, thank God you were there and what a, what a cool bonding story for you and her as well. Oh, yeah, it brought us um, incredibly close together and I think from that moment, um, I mean, we were already super close from that point um but yeah from then onwards it you know, I guess connection grew tighter and tighter and um yeah I didn't leave her side much throughout that week that she was in hospital and I bet um long after sort of stayed by her side as much as possible so yeah we had a really nice connection and bond and some great memories that I'll be able to keep sharing oh absolutely and that's that's what it's about isn't it absolutely um so obviously you've played football for a really long time um, what would would be? I think I know what you're going to say, but what would you say your highest high would be in in the time that you've played footy? Well, obviously the grand final, um, yeah, was pretty incredible. Um, it was just yeah one of those experiences. But I mean, I've I've had a few of those moments where they've been pretty special. I mean, round one for us um, in the first season was incredible. Running out to Witten Oval on a Saturday night, like I just remember people like the cages that we walk through there at Witten. It was like kids sitting on top of it and like people just like rattling the cages, like screaming at you. And it was an incredible experience and it was almost overwhelming that you kind of got out into the field and were like, what is happening right now? But I think the grand final and then that week beforehand, obviously beating Melbourne um, by, I don't even know, I think it was by five points or not even, um, with like a minute and a half to go in the game was incredible to get into the grand final. So it was like that game almost felt like a grand final in itself. And then, but to play in the grand final a week later, that was just, yeah, it was a remarkable experience. It was, it was hard fought and something, you know, I'll, I'll be able to cherish for the rest of my life. And yeah, so proud of, so extremely proud of. Absolutely. And I guess when you first got drafted was, did you go to Melbourne in the exhibition matches? Yeah, as with you were originally with Melbourne. at Melbourne. Yeah, did you see did you see the AFL coming as quickly as it did from that moment, or did you just think it was going to be exhibition matches for a while? I thought it was going to be exhibition matches for a while. I thought um, because I think it was announced that they were going to do like twenty twenty was the was the aim to get the competition. So everyone's eyes were set for twenty twenty, and I was like, beauty, I'll be what twenty five, no dramas. I'll still have plenty of time to play in the yeah, AFL, absolutely. but. And then randomly one day it, it felt like it just got announced out of nowhere and it was almost a shock to the system, but it was like, shit, yeah, like how good is this going to be? And it was amazing. Um, I think it was a really 
sort of special day for women's footy to to hear that they were getting a going to announce an AFLW competition. And I, I think since then it's um, you know improved and increased and been remarkable. I think we still got a long way to go, mind you. But um, when you think of just the exhibition games and playing for Melbourne um, to where we are now, it's it's changed and developed so much, and so it bloody should, to be honest. Absolutely. Oh, uh, how do, uh, it's our nation sport, right? And our nation has women, so yeah, <laughs> it only sense, makes right? sense. And and I think it is just getting stronger and stronger and more competitive. And it now allows allows sorry girls that um, early teens, even younger, that were playing footy, but then got to that point, you know, where there was nowhere for them to go to stick with footy. Whereas before, they sort of went and found different sports, and some have somehow made their way back but um now they've got that path to go straight through or to to work towards whereas girls were leaving the sport because they had nowhere to go um and now they've got you guys and the whole competition to strive for so it's only going to get better from here because i mean how could it not um with the depth of talent that's coming through um tell us a low um there's probably been a few i mean it's a cruel game every as is every sport but um what would you say has been one of one of your low points um i think the i think season 1 in the end became a real low point so i mentioned before how running out round 1 and it was just a wild experience the, it was such a high and to win that game the way we did it was it was really incredible but from that point onwards we lost every game bar from the from the last game and there was a real expectation on our team that we were the team to almost win the grand final I think if if betting was on the AFLW then I think most people would have put their money on us and you know it was a it was a common theme that we were going to win we had the list to do it and um we didn't necessarily succeed in that area and it and I didn't expect footy to go the way it was that year I think working full-time um and then playing footy and trying to juggle life friendships, connections, family, the works, everything that you're doing in between. Um, footy almost became a real low point in that first season just because of so much happening and you didn't expect it to happen the way it did and we didn't win and only seven games of footy and, yeah, it was a, it was a lot on the line for it. So I almost didn't hate footy but I, I just thought, yeah, I thought it was a real low that – I guess the remainder of that first year, but it was nice to finish on a win, and I think that helped us sort of moving into the next year in the ability to win a grand final from that point onwards. But yeah, middle of uh, season one would would definitely have to be a low. Well, it's it's a little bit hard when you're getting, and this is it's such a drained argument. Everyone knows you guys are underpaid and. Over, overworked I guess you're, you're putting in all the effort and it can't be a full-time job for you guys and then to add on to that the pressures of winning and as a captain as well um and and being someone that people look to as a leader and a talent it, it would only make sense that it just became a point where you went like oh my god like this is a lot and still being so young as well um and I don't think people realize that when it comes to sport that I think also people sometimes forget you're human beings yeah <laughs> I um, think so yeah and 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 not just an athlete and not just you're not just there to perform like trained monkeys you you're actually human beings who are you know working really hard um not just at football but in your jobs and your life um but putting in as much effort 
and then getting some, you know, pretty, pretty tough feedback sometimes and it, it can't be easy. So I can only imagine yeah, how that for sure. hits for you, especially by being with being the captain. Um but Absolutely. like you said, you took it on and, and you went on to the next year and, and you had great success. And and it's funny you, you speak like that because I remember Freo in the first year, they had a great list too and it was almost pretty much the same. Like they had real expectation on them and their se- their first season was not not great. And it's almost like they it just they had the list but because it was the first year, there was no way that, that the camar- camaraderie could have been formed at that point. Mm. Um and so just because they had the list, it didn't mean it equal, just meant success straight away. Um, but, I mean, I've never spoke to Juddie about this, but I can imagine she felt a lot of pressure in that year too. Um, yeah, for sure. Only to be a little bit. And, I mean, bit... that's why we were so excited when we beat Fremantle in that first game because of that expectation. Was it the them. first game? Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I think that's why it was like we were the two teams that kind of came in with that expectation and then to beat them we were like, we got this in the bag almost. Yeah. You're right, that added expectation from it was was bloody hard work um, yeah. and something that, yeah, people don't necessarily understand and people was like, oh, but you see the boys do it in the VFL or in the local leagues, you know, they go and work full time and then go play on the weekend. It's like, yeah, absolutely, and they do that and they do a great job but like, so do we, but we're also getting criticised of our sort of ability, our skills, um, fitness levels and all of that, yet like we don't have the standards um, that the men's do and we probably never will. Like everything's so different. Like our games are different, let's be real, and our body types are different. Men are obviously naturally bigger and stronger than what women are, so it's the inevitable that they're going to be able to do It's a different sport. Essentially, it's a different yeah. sport, basically. Absolutely. and But to be criticised the way they are, yet that's their full-time job, um, I think that's the hard part that comes with it is, is that we're getting criticised on the exact same level as them, yet we can't devote as much time and effort as what they do. And, yeah, we're tired from, from working and studying and then trying to juggle that, not finishing training till late at night and all of the above. So... Um, yeah, I have no doubt Juddie would have probably felt pretty similar in that first year as well um, with that added expectation on on the list to to succeed and to perform well. It's like anything. If you don't like something, don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like watching women's footy, don't watch it. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's sort of a similar question, but how do, you, how do you deal with the pressures of being the captain, especially in that year that you guys went on to win the grand final and then I guess in the year following because, you know, you win a grand final and then all eyes are on that team the next year. How did you deal with being the captain as well as preparing yourself for that grand final in, the, I guess, the week leading up and then carrying the team into the, the following year? Yeah, obviously it was tough. Um Grand final weekend was a bit of a challenge, obviously, all the stuff that happened with Katie as well um, in between. So there was a lot going on for us. But, of course, yeah. But to kind of win the win the grand final, it, I, I don't know, I, I don't feel like I had much of an emphasis on sort of my leadership skills in that first, first couple of seasons and kind of just rode the bumps with it. And as a team, we, we actually had really solid relationships and, we'll able we built such a strong level of trust amongst each other that 
the captain probably didn't need to do much work in that space. Okay. It was a team full of leaders, which was great. It was just super handy. Um, but then, yeah, fast forward 12 months and expansion comes in and we lose a lot of those players. Of course. Um, that that was a challenge in itself. So the next couple of years to to lose some senior players on our list, um, I think really challenged me as a leader personally and, and something that I then probably had to focus a bit more time and attention into. I, I didn't realise sort of capabilities of a leader and, and what it took, but it was something that I was super passionate about um, being and doing, um, love to sort of lead people and, and do that kind of stuff. So I had to put a lot of effort into it. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a challenge, but we have some great support network, found myself a really good mentor, um, who does some amazing work, not just with me, but with our leadership group as a whole. And I think we've come a really long way, like the relationships that we're starting to build, um, or that we had to build then, um, and the connections that we had to build. It was, I think we drove a lot of strength between us through the loyalty of staying, um, which was lovely, I guess, with our group. Um, and there's a lot of care there. There's a, there's a lot of care um, in everything that we do and I think we, we pride ourselves on that stuff, So, which is really good um, to have. But, you know, we now as leaders we've got to kind of keep taking that next step and, and keep challenging our own ability. But it's been good. Like, I mean, I've got a great support network around me it's still a challenge in itself, but um, it can be such a rewarding experience at the same time. So you, even though there are some real low moments and you probably, I probably feel a lot more than what I should, but um, especially with the lows, but the highs that come your way are, are so well worth it. And to see your team succeed and to see your teammates succeed is something that I'm extremely passionate about as a leader and I love witnessing and, and that's what we're definitely planning to do as a group especially now yeah amazing and and how does it make you feel I know that there's a lot of young girls that sort of look up to you and and does that that's a bit of a drive for you as well I guess because there is a lot of young girls that do go to the games do watch you are inspired by you and essentially want to be like you when they get older and is that is that like a real driving force for you when when you run out onto the field absolutely I mean you you never really I never really thought of myself in this capacity as a as a role model, but um, I think after games you, you just see like the young kids over the fence, like just screaming out your name and getting so happy and excited when they get a photo with you or you get to give them a footy or something like that. And you you find real meaning um, in what you're doing at, by seeing and, and witnessing things like that. So for me it take real pride in in being a I guess a role model and a leader in this space for women's footy and and being something that these younger girls get to see I mean I've had women before me walk and um sort of lead the way but not everyone got to see him because they didn't get put on tv or in newspaper articles or they didn't have social media to kind of promote what they do so I feel like there's it's really important for us who, who get to play the game now to to really lead by example and, and be really good role models because we do have the opportunity to sort of promote the game um, and promote ourselves, I guess, in what we're doing um, and show people on so many different platforms what we're capable of. And, yeah, it's, uh, when you see the young girls at, at games in particular and they're just like, I want to play footy now and you get so many stories like that it's 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 amazing to hear and amazing to witness and 
I'm glad that these kids growing up won't know any different, won't know that women's footy didn't really exist. Wasn't when a people, thing, yeah. Yeah, and when they talk about, like when people sort of talk about it with them, be like, you know, women's footy didn't exist once upon a time, they're almost going to be like, what? Like, what do you yeah. mean? So, yeah. I mean, even my nephew, so um, he's like, he was watching the boys play, um, I think it was last week or the week before, and was like, go doggies. And he's like, wait, is Ellie playing? And, like, my sister's like, no, 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 this is the boys. He's like, oh, like, he was like. <laughs> so, like, where is she? <laughs> so yeah, she should be playing, like, awesome. this is the doggies. So, yeah, he doesn't know the difference. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I work, uh, the primary school I work at, we've had kids talk about their favourite players and amongst it are women and men. And I'm just like, that's, and boys, boys are saying that because mm. now they can. And I definitely think that you know, your name and lots of other women's names are going to be coming up for years and years and years to come beyond your time for the pioneers of the game in terms of, you know, the AFLW and being on TV and paving the way and, and the fact that you stuck with it for so long even when it was ju- you were just playing for fun. And I think that's that's going to be such it, – it's history made essentially and, and I think your name's going to be spoke about for a very long time when it comes to women's football. Um. Just walk us through the day a little bit, like grand final day. Um, was it played in Melbourne? Yeah, our one was uh, at at Fizzy Park. Um, so the the night of the game, like sleeping, we had um, uh, Jordan Ruffetti was um, one of our assistant coaches and he'd obviously played in the grand final for the boys a couple of years beforehand and he's like, like, almost like don't be surprised if you don't sleep or anything like that because of the nerves. I was like, no, I'll be right. Like always sleep before games. I went to bed all right, but I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning and I could not get back to sleep at all. I was buzzing. I got up and just did my normal routine as what I would do. Um, So like I have a shower before the game. So I got up, like showered and I got dressed like so early (laughs) and I was ready to go. And I was like, I just need to go. I just, I just need to get to Whitnoval and because we're catching the bus together as a team. So like got in the car and we got there so early (laughs) and like a heap of other girls were there as well. I think we're all um, kind of experiencing the same thing. But then from that point onwards, kind of nothing went our way um in the lead up to it so the the bus was late getting to the game um getting to the ground so like and I get travel sickness so sitting in a bus for me is not ideal for a long period of time so I tend to catch Ubers or taxis or jump in the team van um when going to games when we travel um a fair bit so I was like no grand final day got to be in the bus with the team and I was just sitting at the front of the bus being like when is this going to end it was pouring down rain we hadn't played in rain all year um so that was on the back of everyone's minds and then it was kind of just a rush to get to the um to the warm-up almost from that point onwards and it was pouring rain from the warm-up we remember coming in just absolutely drenched so we were thinking geez everything is against us today but you can almost turn it into a, a motivator and something to sort of drive you you through it. I don't think we started the game very well though, so we didn't probably use it as the best driving force. Um, but I think from half time we we sort of found our gears and um, went to another level um, in the second half. And to come away with a win that day was was incredible despite the odds. Um, 
of sort of everything going against us with that kind of stuff. But that was simply out of our control. That was something we couldn't control by any means. So, yeah, um, yeah, we had to focus on what we could control and, and that was playing a game of footy and, and that's what we did, So, which was nice um, to win it in that way. Absolutely, and you obviously deserved it. You had to feel for Brisbane, though. That was their second loss in, in two years and that would have been bloody hard, I tell you what, to bounce back from yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I did feel for him, but in saying that, I I was so happy for him that they oh. ended up sticking and, and, and winning. You can't no. care. Like you can't. Well, you win a grand final. I'm sorry. Like, I, well, sorry for you yeah. guys, but I just won a grand final. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Everyone was saying sort of, oh, how like how unlucky for um for Brisbane, but for me, I was like. If if Brisbane didn't lose their second grand final, that's that means we did. So yeah, I'm exactly. glad they lost. Look, glad you've got to you you can have it. You can yeah. It's, look, it's, there's all good sportsmanship, <laughs> but you can still want to win. Absolutely, it's, you and, need and that. Mind you, they win it this year, and I think that was much more deserving from their end. So and how much sweeter would that be knowing they had lost two as well? Oh. And especially for the one, the people that that did stay loyal to that football club. So good on them. Exactly. Um, So obviously your partner came over to the Western Bulldogs from a different team. How how, how do you guys find balancing a relationship and being teammates? Um, Do you ever go just like (laughs) I asked Juddy and Ebony this and I know exactly what Juddy and Ebony like because I played for Sons with them and Taylor and I, oh, cannot play together. And neither and, and Juddy and Ebony obviously can, but at Swans we used to get into just like beefs. It would be me and Juddy and then Ebony and Taylor and and I did bring this up with them and I was like, you guys must have walked away from some training sessions going, Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> has has that ever has that ever been the case? Or you guys are pretty good at, at knowing when to shut it off? Not to that extreme, um, but sort of early like the first season that D came across, um, we were we were finding our feet a little bit. This is my all. turf. This yeah. Is my turf. <laughs> no, no, I was like, you're coming into my territory here. Like I was here first. Um, so <laughs> and I'm like and I'm so passionate and so competitive at football. Like when I'm there, like I'm 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 there and I'm it's football. ready yeah. to, I'm ready to be a footballer as much as possible. And I think at the start we almost struggled with that, probably more so because of how passionate I was. And mind you, like when we played against Melbourne the year beforehand and, and we lost, um, I didn't talk to her for like a couple of days after. I was so bitter about it, so pissed off about it. And then I ended up having to like sort of tail between the legs and really apologise. Like I knew I was in the wrong. Yeah. But um, like, I'm just so passionate when it comes yeah, to Woody. Yeah, of course, of course. But um, I think we've never really walked away from a session being super angry or upset with each other or anything like that. We have definitely had moments where we've just kind of like, oh, like. Of course. Oh, I could just strangle you right now. And you just like, like walk away. You are pissing me off so much. Um, and I, I think it's worked both ways between us. But right now, um, sort of we had some good conversations about finding the right balance between it all. And, and that's something you have to do. I mean, if you're going to play with your partner, you have to find the right balance between sort of leaving your relationship at the door and mm-hmm. then being footballers when you're there. Especially for me, like in my position as a, as a captain, it's 
I, I feel like I have an added responsibility with it all. So I, I want to make sure that when I'm there, I'm the best teammate I can be. And that's why you have to kind of sort of separate the two. And I think it's worked wonders for us. I think we've both really enjoyed our footy um, with it all. And then away from footy, life's great between us. So I think we've got a really good balance between it all. Um, but it is it is hard work. There's no denying that by any means. And it's going to make you guys stronger, to be honest, though, because I think, and I say this to Tay, like we survived. And the year I played for Swans, I actually went down and I said to Gravesy, I said, oh, I really want to play, but, like, I don't know how much I can commit. I just sort of want to play reserves because um, just for a bit of fun and also, like, Taylor and I just can't play together. And then <laughs> she was like, no, nah, I, need, I need a bigger body down forward line. So I played and I just accidentally ended up playing league and we won a premiership that year, but, like, Taylor, I think, hated almost every second of it. <laughs> but I feel like if you can play a competitive sport with your partner, like at the end of it, it's only going to make you stronger. Yeah. But um, I know Dee did her knee last year. Um, how hard was that for you? Because it was during a game and then you've then got to, I guess, deal with um, your team and, and be the captain And but then you, your partner's hurting and she's your partner and your teammate and you're her captain like and when they're hurting you can't just switch off the fact that you know she's your partner and you you care for her but also you're then dealing with playing a football game is was that hard was that a real challenge yeah it was it was really challenging um when she did it I was kind of the first person there almost and like I looked at her and I was like is it like have you done it and immediately she knew she had done it um so but it was late in the oh I think it was halfway through the last quarter so I was like oh, I don't have much left to go we're up by a fair bit um hopefully like we shouldn't lose this game essentially um but yeah there was moments throughout that last quarter where my mind kind of just turned to her a little bit and yeah it was hard to kind of not think about it um but sort of the teammates around me I had, um, particularly Lammy, just kept sort of keeping me in check and, mate, you're right, like, you got this, we'll be all right, we'll keep going and stuff like that. So she sort of understands me really well um, and helped me a lot to get through that last quarter. I think for that next week it, it was really challenging um, having someone do an ACL in your team is is hard enough as it is and, I mean, we've had a yeah. few. Um, yeah. And it's been bloody tough to witness that, but then to have your partner do it. Um, and so at home you're dealing with it as well. So I was a person that was driving back and forth um, to help her. I was the one that was sort of helping her get in the shower, go yeah. to the toilet, yeah. dress, sort of making coffees, bringing her food, bringing her drinks, looking after her. So all week I was doing that and then, and then I was going to footy, so then going to training and she was staying at home. So the oh, guilt that mate. I felt was just overwhelming that week. Um, and, like, it obviously we'd come off the back of four wins. So then to go into this game, we're coming up against Collingwood who are in red-hot form. Um, so going into that game, I, I was – I was tired, to be honest. Yeah. I was really tired. I was exhausted and drained from everything that had happened. It was like – and so many moving parts to it. Like I had to show up at footy and try and be super supportive, but then everyone at footy was like, how's D going? Yeah. And yeah. then at home I was looking after her and then family and everyone was calling me and being like, hey, how's she going? What's happening and all that. And so I was checking in on that front. 
and then looking after her on top of that and then trying to work on top of that. And so the, it, it was really overwhelming um, for me. So after the game against Collingwood, I mean, we played terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was probably our worst performance for the year. I mean, aside from probably the Adelaide game, it was really bad. But it was our first – I mean, we lost the first game, um, but that was our first sort of belting um, with this young group that we have and as a leader in that space it was really tough so after the game I kind of walked into the rooms and just almost broke down essentially from it but like not because I was like I mean obviously I was sad that we lost but I was just I was drained I was so exhausted yeah. from it um, and I was just sitting there like oh I know how I can do this um, so the next couple of weeks were really tough um, I was pretty pretty drained and pretty exhausted um, from it all and at no one's fault. Like I, I think it was a real learning curve for me in, in hindsight. I probably would have asked for a bit more support. Um, I thought I was managing it okay but then realising how drained I was in between sort of, yeah, work, looking after her and then playing footy and then being a captain and all that in between. It was, it was a bit of a, a juggling act but, I mean, yeah, I learned a lot from it um, but, you know, got through it okay with Dee and, I mean, she's she's flying at the moment so it's great to see that stuff, um, yeah. that reward with it all. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, as, as tough as it, is, as it is seeing someone be injured but your partner being injured, I think you've just got to try and see what works and what doesn't work. And, yeah, I learned a lot from it, which was good, which is a good experience to have, I guess. Wish it didn't happen, it. but was a good experience. Of, co- oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I think also that it comes back again to, you know, being a human being and, and human things happening to you and to people around you and um, people forgetting that as well because then they just expect you to get up the weekend later and just perform and just yeah. just poker yeah, face exactly. it. And obviously yeah, your exactly. moment in the change rooms after was it's an accumulation of things and I think yeah. people don't sit down and go, okay, well, like Dee's done her knee, but it has a roll-on effect as well. And um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, I like, like you said, a learning lesson. And and yeah, and I think that a lot of people find it hard to ask for help, especially when you're oh, yeah. the leader and you're the one <laughs> yep. people come to for help. But then, yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's it. yeah. That was a that was a real tough part with it all. Um, is learning when to ask for help with it but like our team our our staff our coaches the players um family and friends and all that in between like they were incredible like everyone was as supportive as they could be um with it all and like just incredible support network around me personally and obviously around D as well so yeah everyone did their best and did and tried to do everything they could to help us out so um yeah there's no doubt that that was a, a bonus feature to it. But I learn now that it is like I, I know that it's okay to ask for help, but it's actually then doing the asking um, is the next part to it as well. Well, we all know it's not it's not something we find easy. I think no. people find it a bit scary and daunting. Do you think um, when you can, it will be important for you guys to take some time to go away gets an R&R because I know Juddie and Ebony at the end of every season, obviously this year has been different. They like to go on a holiday and um, just not talk about footy because their whole life is basically there's footy somewhere in as, in every aspect. Is, is that something that you guys like to do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so her family have a cabin down in Echuca. So 
or actually went down there uh, for Easter weekend, which was great to get away and, and to spend some time down there. A couple of the other girls came um, along with us. Yeah, I think it, I saw that on your socials, yeah. Yeah, so it was nice to do that. And I don't think we actually spoke footy at all. We just kind of talked shit and drank beers and um, was great, to be honest, was was awesome. Like you guys um, deserve to do. Yeah, it was awesome to experience that moment um, at the end of what was a pretty tough, tough season um, with D in particular. And then, I mean, we got away to, to Noosa, but, yeah, it would have been nice to have sort of gotten overseas somewhere. We definitely had planned to to get away, but um, bloody COVID has, has been a sort of high feature, high yeah, saying in the last sort of couple ruined of years. A f- it's ruined a few plans, hasn't it? Jesus. Has it ever? Has it ever? So, <laughs> well, and I, look, the pro pro card to that is everyone's been able to save enough money so when we can go anywhere, we can all afford to go somewhere. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So that's I'm how I to justify that. all my spending. Is like, well, I can't go on holidays, so like, it's okay that I buy this that I don't need, or buy this for the kids because <laughs> I can't go anywhere. I absolutely. can't spend money on flights. Absolutely. Um, no, it will be very nice when everyone can get, well, everyone, me, everyone that plays sport can get that postseason trip again. Oh, but people in general as well. <laughs> yeah. Like even just Absolutely. to take a break from work, I guess. Yeah. It would be nice too. I, so. I've got to take my work with me because my work is children, so they've got to come. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I can't call in sick that day and just go, go for a little trip. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? That would um, be now I know the Western Bulldogs are um they're very big on their on their pride game. I I mean I, most clubs are all clubs are I should say but I, I don't know why Western Bulldogs stick out to me as being quite passionate about the pride the pride game is am I correct in saying that they're quite passionate about it and they make quite an effort to um speak out and proud about the pride game? Yeah, absolutely. Um it's something that the whole club really gets involved in and um you know, we've we've had great sort of support from, I guess, our admin staff. So uh, one of our, I guess, admin workers um, has designed the jumper for the last handful of years and, and she's been amazing um, in the work that she's been doing with it all and, and bringing the team along on the journey, which has been incredible. And then the club wanting to share stories, not just like of players in the playing group, but just people in general um and and putting it out there and and being proud to talk about it which has been um great in that front um and then the club itself so within our own four walls um we get a fair bit of education um on it all which is great so our pdm hef she is phenomenal in this space she does a ton of work um doing things for the players and and she put on i guess an amazing sort of um, presentation for the playing group and and really educates our playing group on it all, which is great. And it's not just sort of the prior game, but we obviously did it with um, Indigenous round as well. Yeah. Like I think our club, I think they, they take the time and effort to acknowledge, I guess, certain milestones and certain things that are happening um, within the league and, and being passionate and proud about it and something I'm so grateful for for our football club. And we're really big drivers within the community foundation space and I think that's where a lot of it stems from. Wow, that was a really cool chat. I liked that one. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. Okay, well, thank you for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram, me for her pod, and like and subscribe. Bye.